Hi, my name is Richard. Hi, my name is Lucy. Welcome to the Tech Chats podcast. So, Lucy, guess what I love doing? What do you love doing? I love playing games. That's what I love doing.、Um, so I'm a huge gamer. I've I play League of Legends. I've played Dota. I've played Counter Strike. I played every esports imaginable, like Overwatch, to be honest. That,、um, well, I guess that makes you one of how many millions of Asians? A lot of who, millions of Asians out there who play games. Who also do the same thing? Yes.、Um, do you? I mean, do you play games? Is a question. Is that inter- interesting question? I wanted to ask.、Um, so I have a PS4 console. I you haven't PS4 really. So I, yeah, I play some console games. I'm not very good, but just <laughs> as a growing up with my Asian peers,、uh, I played Counter Strike. I played. Wow, you actually played Counter Strike? Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. That was like actually one of the happiest memories in my、oh, childhood. So oh, it wow. So because it's a team game, because you can get together, because we have the one of those、um, IT. Class where they,、oh、where they、God. taught you.、Um, oh, that's hilarious! What is like, like it's all made of binary code, and when the teacher、yeah. is teaching, because you gotta have a laptop or computer,、oh、then then like everyone's pretending they were listening, but they were actually playing <laughs> games. Oh my that, God, that's that hilarious! Was, that was pretty cool. I used you, you saying this. We used to do this as, in high school as well because our room was two sided, so. If one teacher went to the other side, they couldn't, she couldn't see what the computers were doing on the other side, and literally you just had a PC session in high school. Yeah, <laughs> just, I mean, yeah. I mean, it is.、Um, well, I guess for the for the millennials, like for for people at our age, a lot of the games that became popular these days all carry a nostalgia kind of effect on Definitely. you, and that they are making big money.、Um, now that we have more purchasing power. Then、yes. we were little, we're like just throwing money at this stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, talking about the topic of money, so I mean, we kind of、um, digressed a bit, but we are talking about games today. And the podcast we're gonna we're talking about is around like kind of the growth of esports, but a specific focus around Asia, right?、Um, so we've seen a huge growth in games in Asia, like in general. But a lot of the times,、um, obviously, money does get involved, and obviously. You know, in order for something to get big, generally money is involved somewhat, right? Yeah.、Um, but yeah, like I mean, it's really interesting to see kind of the history of esports, to be honest.、Um, so, did you know that like most of the like the big country that kind of like kickstarted esports was Korea? Wow, big surprise. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, big surprise, yeah, big surprise out there. But、um, what's interesting is Korea kind of started in like 1999. So a lot earlier than a lot of the other countries. Like if you think about China and I guess、um, Southeast Asia, a lot of the times a lot of it is start. They started like in the early tens, like two thousand ten, two thousand nine, and that was like the whole.、Um, that's when they started exploding with esports. But Korea started like ages ago. They started in nineteen ninety nine with a game called Starcraft Brood War, which was ironically actually made by Blizzard, which is a Amer- North America company, right?、Mm. And That took off hugely, and that took off to the point where the Korean government actually started something called KESPA, which is called the Korea Esports Association, to manage esports in Korea in 2000. Yeah, they gotta be pretty serious to start a start a, I guess, almost like a sports com- 
competitive event for um, playing games, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's even interesting because in Australia, we don't even have like a solid government support for gaming. Whilst in Korea, it was already like happening in in 2000, right? Like, think about that. Around 20 years ago, that's already happened. Mm. And are there also professional careers development for those who game like who are playing the games? I guess, professionally. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, kind of going back to the whole money point, right? I mean, although StarCraft was the first one that kind of like became influential, it helped, what it helped specifically was to get these kind of like games into mainstream media. So it was the first game to be featured on TV. And now it's featured on a channel which a lot of people watch called OGN, On Game Net. Um, and they host esports. Like, so many esports events around Korea and so many people watch it. And just having that whole media coverage as well as the whole influential, like these esports stars becoming celebrities, that's what why Korea, the, the whole growth came from Korea. And to have that status in your esport athletes and stuff like that, it just catapults the whole um, industry, right? And so people just started seeing esports um, grow from like that moment from the beginning, right? Yeah, um, which reminds me of, um, because you mentioned Korea is the first country that um, invested really hard in the, I guess, the gaming industry. Yeah. And um, China has, like, recently, I guess, in the part, in the early 2010 or a bit Mm. earlier than that, also started on this journey. Um, Not until recently, there's some, like, more money by Mm. the, I guess, people who are, like, around our age who were like the second generation yeah. kids from a good family, from a rich family, decided mm. to put more money into um, Wang Sutong. <laughs> Anyways, that just name <laughs> dropping. So that's a super rich dude. Everyone yes. Google him. <laughs> super rich dude. How do you spell it? How do you spell it to the um, audience? W-A-N uh, space S-I-C-O-N-G. Yeah, so that's okay. a super rich guy. He, he <laughs> invested a lot of money into the um, gaming industry. So like, mm. it's so that, you know, in some of the competitive games that you see the Korean game, like Korean teams against the Chinese team. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the biggest games that kind of like catapulted esports is League of Legends, right? And it's very big in both China and Korea. Um, and it's interesting because you make that note because... China and Korea are known to have big esports sports athletes, but the amount of money that's being spent on, for example, acquiring Korean celebrities and celebrity esports stars who have performed really well in Korea is like humongous, right? So like, you literally have people getting, um, like, so for example, one of the most infamous like uh, League of Legends players called Faker. His salary is very open; like, he earns around two point five million dollars from SKT a year. But someone from China was willing to give him a blank check for him to come over and play in China. And he said no, but there are a lot of other like Korean like esports athletes who have said yes, right? And they're earning multi-million dollar contracts, something that would never be heard of like almost 10 years ago, right? Yeah, it uh, kind of reminds me of just like NBA. Like before yeah, exactly. uh, Michael Jordan made it, made it like he's a legend, they all the mm. ads company came to him and asked him to represent their brands. And that's yeah. how money and your talent kind of get um, got connected. And yeah. then the whole industry just starts to grow. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, just putting a perspective on that point. So Worlds is a competition where all the best teams in League of Legends compete for the grand prize of winning the whole tournament. And last year, um, in 2019, a Chinese team actually won. And it was actually a f- normally um, Chinese teams have a mixture of Chinese and Korean players. China this was a- number one. China number one. Joke. That's alright. Yeah, and he, and they actually won with five. Um, oh no, actually no, they do have. They had some Korean players, but the Korean players could speak Chinese. That's what's interesting about it. Um, so a lot of these Korean athletes who come to China, especially the ones that really want to like try hard, can actually speak. Um, Korean, right? And it's actually no. Wait, wait a second. I sorry, I got my facts around. I think FPX has no Korean players. Sorry, it was the one before. Sorry. Okay, sorry to the viewers out there. I mixed my facts a bit. Invictus Gaming from 2018 had a bunch of Korean players. FPX is a pure Chinese team, um, and they won because they won Worlds. They won a 113 million dollar media deal. How massive is that? Like to hear those numbers in esports. Like yes, people, all these athletes are earning like millions, but to hear like a team getting a media deal of that size, like that's why esports is growing humongously, right? Mm. Um, some interesting interesting stats I would like to just share on this point, just comparing to the you know Asia versus the United States, like the yeah. things that we always do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that on YouTube, uh, you know, gaming content is the most engaging content considered by YouTube. Really? Um, engaging content? What do you mean by engaging content? So as in, uh, for influencer engagement, there is yeah. a ratio for like to view ratio and also right. the comment to view ratio. So like how engaged are you with, are you willing to like it? Are you willing to right. comment on okay. it? So it has to, it's ranked as the top. Wow, um, interesting. Never knew that. Like to view ratio is 5.47% versus the average YouTube content at 372 Mm, okay. I will put a link in the episode later so you know I'm telling the truth. Yeah. No, it, it um, does sound right though. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, also, I remember you you actually brought brought up Twitch Twitch to me the other Twitch. day. Twitch.tv. Twitch.tv. Yes. Yeah. So, what do you normally do on that? So, normally, actually, like, it's actually like you're just watching. It's like YouTube, right? You're watching um, videos, but instead they're live streams, right? So, people are streaming what they're doing, playing games. And it's, it's, it's basically like you're watching someone, a personality, a gaming personality, like, play games, right? And they play, it can play a variety of games, right? Twitch used to start off with just gaming, but now it's involved into, like, other genres, right? You can play music. You can play chess. I mean, chess is arguably also a sport, quotation mark. Um, and you can, you can even do, like, there's, like, a channel for ASMR if you really want that. Like, and also there's, like, in real life ones as well. Like, you can stream yourself on a holiday, to your to the audience right for mm. people who are interested to watch that content so like there's like a huge demand for just those type of streaming content and for example twitch um got acquired by amazon mm. uh just shy of a billion dollars i think but that shows like how much of these like tech companies have realized that gaming or like these streaming sites are becoming a legitimate business right yeah um well just again throwing some stats in there uh yeah. all the all the companies are thinking which is a very important investment because its user base is expected to grow to 47 million yeah. um, in the coming year. Wow. So that's a very exciting number mm. for, for, I guess, are there any competitors to uh, Twitch out there? Other than, um, I guess, YouTube would kind of cover it. But Yeah, so the main two competitors of Twitch right now, one is YouTube Gaming. 
Um, actually, no, there's three competitors. YouTube Gaming is trying to compete with Twitch, but I, I don't know if they're still alive. I, f I, f I f think I remember them closing shop, actually. I, I, I can't remember exactly, but the two other big ones that are really big is Mixer, which is actually a Microsoft's version of Twitch, and um, Facebook Live. So those two are getting really big as well. Mm. It's really interesting because Mixer has poached a lot of Twitch streamers. They've poached um, some of the big ones from... Um, from Twitch, right? So one of them is called Ninja. He's a very famous Fortnite streamer. Um, and they actually gave him a multi-million dollar contract to move to Mixer and not stream on Twitch. So obviously Microsoft's also trying to compete for those like views to try to bring some of those esports celebrities over to their platform. Yeah, so that's um, the reason why I kind of wanted to bring up YouTube and Twitch is you will see similar platforms like them have started yeah. years ago in not years ago, like a few years ago, would be mm. um, maybe they Twitch and well YouTube have already. Anyways, yeah. um, they they've started the live streaming game content a long time ago, and mm. it's um, it covers uh, maybe the platform would be known for sourcing good ga gaming content, but yeah. it covers a varieties of stuff to bring yeah. traffic as well. So it's and mm. also they are owned by the big tech giants in um. I'm bringing China examples again, like by yeah. Tencent or by Alibaba. They're all owned by the big, big tech giants. Just oh, like yeah. The... I mean, China has been one of the leading, I guess, countries in esports, right? Even though they were late to the party, a lot of these invest, like big companies have just, just know that esports is going to grow big, right? As you mentioned, Tencent and Alibaba, they're buying like shares, like stocks into a lot of these companies. They even bought out, like Tencent bought out League of Legends, right, years ago. Um, and so that's for many of you that might not know, League of Legends is actually owned by Riot Games, but Riot Games is actually owned by Tencent, which is a Chinese company. So technically, League is now Chinese. Um, but like, it's amazing like how much money that's being thrown into this industry. And like, I'll, I'll throw an interesting stat too, right? There's a reason why, right? If you if you look at the stats of how many Chinese people or the Chinese population, right now, roughly half of them. Are playing games on phones computers game consoles like whatever um, platform but half of the chinese population is involved or playing a type of game and in 2023 almost like two-thirds of the chinese population is going to be on platforms playing games hmm. that's pretty that's kind of sounds quite accurate Just, yeah i mean um, sounds like yeah um i have a fun story that i want to share with you yeah. Is that um during my uni years I was living in a shared house so there yeah. were a bunch of guys they always play games <laughs> at night yeah. and uh, I was dog sitting for my friend and the yeah. dog was always gets like the dog gets really excited around people so yeah. during the night time when the guys were playing games and they were like really loud because yeah. um uh, communicating yes, <laughs> I don't yes, know guys have this personalities where um. They are fine when they are when they are just normally talking to you, but when they are gaming, oof, it's just uh, it seems like they have turned yes. into a different person. You have a game personality. That's yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, and the dog was so excited during the day and during the night, because during the day it was playing with me, and during the night it was playing with the guys, right? Yeah. Is then and the dog was just exhausted after three days of staying at my house. Wow. <laughs> before going back. So. That's pretty funny. I mean. That's like, I mean, that's pretty typical, I guess, from like, yeah, I mean, gamers are very loud. Like, 
I mean, it's exciting, right? You're getting dopamine and adrenaline whilst you're playing games, right? I mean, that's why it's so popular, right? You keep playing because you have that rush of adrenaline, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a very social sport. <laughs> it's a very social sport. That, that is true. And, I mean, that's why, like, a lot of these, like... Um, so, StarCraft was a one... Well, like, the first... Sorry, the StarCraft Brood War, which is the first game I talked about when Korea first came out, like, into the esports market. Um was like a one-on-one kind of format. But now these days, the most popular games are team-based, right? It's like 5v5, like 5 versus 5 um, combat. And just, that's just being a lot popular. And that is the most competitive, like, nature of this, like, kind of, like, this industry is having these competitive team-based games, right? Mm. Um, there's yeah. a view that I, like, a view that I kind of saw around was, um, like, when the Asians play, like, the actual Asian mm. who are born and raised in the Asian countries, <laughs> when they yeah. play a game, they value competition, they value completion, and then they value um, like high skills. Whereas yeah. in a in a more, I guess, in a Western context, it's the social elements are ranked a bit higher. And yeah. then the graphics and the design and the uh, overall experience rather than how competitive you are. Mm. Would, you, would you agree <laughs> to that? I... It, this is a very interesting topic. I mean, this is actually like a very completely different topic, which I think there's a lot of um, questions around. And that's like the whole nature of gaming in North America versus Asia, right? Asians are more disciplined and therefore they're looked upon as like these esports athletes that train a lot. Whilst North Americans are a bit more social, like all the star celebrities just are a lot more social, but necessarily are they better gamers? Probably not actually, um, I'd say, because to put an example... North America has not won the League of Legends World Championships since season one, which is like 10 years ago when League of Legends first started, when Korea and China weren't in the map. So, oh no, actually North America has not won ever. Now that I think about it, actually, that was Europe. But no Western team has won since then. Mm-hmm. That's how insane the benchmark has been set by Asian gamers because of their discipline. So yes, I do agree with that comments like somewhat. Obviously, there's like different opinions and stuff, but there's a lot of like, I guess opinions in the market right now saying that Asian gamers are just more disciplined and therefore they're just winning more. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, that's a really good, that's a really good point as well. I mean, like the growth in Asia is, has been because of these like key esports athletes that have just shined light on the market. Right. And it's becoming so popular right now that like, as I said, like everyone just is just super invested into it. Like Korea government's like planning to build five esport arenas like specifically for esports like you think about that like in australia how many esports arenas do we have zero right they're literally building arenas for esports games so like it's just insane like how many infrastructures now being placed into esports in general mm. yeah but anyway um i just want to let it know like i just want to say like it's just it's really exciting just to follow the scene like um especially like the growth is just insane although i would say the growth has been kind of like um really really big the last few years and i think this is going to slow down a bit but it's still going to go up but this is going to slow down a bit because a lot of people were putting money into esports around the 18s and 19s and maybe the 17s but i think we're going to see a slow decline but the growth is going to be a lot still if that makes sense mm. yeah so yeah um thanks for tuning in this is like a really interesting episode for me especially because you know i love games um, I'm not sure about you, Lucy. <laughs> I think I did all right. <laughs> I think you did all right as well, especially if you're not a big gamer. But yeah, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.